I'm Tom. And I'm Zeus. And we're from Shout It Out Loudcast. And this is Gene Simmons from Kiss. And this is Ace Fraley. And when we want to listen to anything about football, music, kiss, wrestling, country music, and more, we go to On the Flyth with Stevie Flyth and Jason Worden. Check them out. Oh, yeah. You are listening to On The Fly. What's up, guys? On The Fly is back again. And tonight, you know, a couple weeks ago, we had Mr. Victor Staben on the show with us. He did the cover for Kiss on Mass. You know we're big Kiss fans here. Tonight... Joining us is Mr. Michael Dorette, who did the two album covers for Kiss. He did Rock and Roll Over, which you see uh, on, on Mr. Warden's shirt up here. And Warden's <laughs> with us again. And, and he also did Sonic Boom, which uh, I had forgot about Sonic Boom. And a lot of Kiss fans forgot about Sonic Boom, I think. But uh, anyway, Mr. Dorette has come with us tonight. He's gracious enough to take time out of his busy schedule to come with, talk to us tonight about not only what he did for Kiss, but some of his other projects, which includes Disney projects, uh, a World Series logo, uh, the New York Knicks logo, among other things. And uh, we're going to talk to him tonight about all that and a little bit more. But first, let's get a welcome. Out. Welcome, Mr. Dorette. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for, uh, for inviting me on. And uh, I'll, I'll do my best to uh, honestly answer all your questions. Oh, yeah. And, and warden i can't uh can't forget about you up there buddy how you doing bud i'm great man i'm just honored to have uh michael here i mean it's just when you told me this is going to happen i was really excited and looking over his resume man i mean yes, it's not just kiss man it's no i mean as a st louis cardinal fan that you know 1987 world series against minnesota hurts me a little bit so they lost <laughs> but you know i've been a cardinal fan for most of my life so i do remember that so I knew about you before Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was life. There was life before Kiss. Believe yes. it or not. Believe it and or not. After. And after. Well, and I'll after. tell you this: uh, your work has been a big part of my life from an early age. You know, as far as that rock and roll over cover, because I can remember as a kid, I would take the vinyl, the album cover, and put a. Uh, I did it several times and put a blank sheet sheet of paper over it and try to trace that cover you know of course it didn't work out so well or i wouldn't be doing this right now but uh yeah just an iconic album cover but that that's not all we're going to talk about tonight first of all you grew up you grew up in brooklyn right brooklyn new york brooklyn, new york yes. so all right how did as a kid was it an early age that you 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 started doing drawings and stuff like that you got into art was it an early age when you started Oh, yeah. I mean, well, like most kids, you know, I don't know that there was anything that great about anything I was doing as a kid, but most kids like to draw and express themselves. And I, I was certainly no exception. 
uh, although I do recall that I was particularly um, uh, fascinated by signage, mm -hmm. uh, like the uh, the good humor truck that would uh, drive up my street on summer on summer days, and uh, I just was like I would just uh, stand there and staring at the uh, the icicles dripping uh, on the, the logo and the, the big ice cream pop. And it was just so graphic. And I was just fascinated by a lot of stuff like that. And then, uh, of course, being in uh, New York, there's um, my dad worked on uh, in, in Times Square and he worked for MGM and I would go visit him after school. Oh, wow. And uh, just to, to walk down Broadway uh, with all the incredible signage and uh, billboards and 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 so on was just like it just overwhelming and really made an impression on me when i was young so it's not surprising that i ended up doing what i was doing because i was just really fascinated with all that as a kid so when did you know you know you know i, I could do this for a living I, I what kind of process what when did you know I, you oh know. Well, yeah i didn't even know that you could do it as a living um uh i mean i went i went to uh to college to cooper union and right. uh i was uh taking uh, going for my bfa bachelor of fine arts and uh, even there they weren't really giving graphics that, that many graphics courses so but i felt i felt really attractive to graphic design and took some night classes and then that's when i really started acknowledging that maybe i could move myself into that area for to do for a living i just really didn't even know you know right. before that so your dad I, I listened to an earlier interview another interview your dad i think he wanted you to go to school to be a lawyer is that right that's right. Well, I did. I didn't really know that. My parents didn't discuss that with me, but they did discuss it with my uh, high school art teacher, who was really almost like a father figure to me. He really helped me to zero in and uh, apply to Cooper Union, which was free school basically. Right. Uh, uh, and uh, when my parents heard that um, the, there would be almost no tuition. Uh, I think the decision was made. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could go but to art school. You, I've got one finishing her first year of college now. When you hear free tuition, that yeah, that sounds yeah. really good, really yeah. good. So, uh, so when you so when you started in college, did you uh, your first job was it interning? Just you know, getting all the work you can get. How did you how did you start out after college? Well, it was even before college that that I was kind of like uh, getting involved. Uh, that high school art teacher that I uh, mentioned uh, helped me get this summer job where I was uh, became like a, an intern for this this guy who was this old guy who was a, a muralist and who had um, done murals uh, and was still doing murals, but he had started back in the for the WPA program back in the um, the 30s and 40s and done a lot of murals and he was working on a mural in uh, lower Manhattan and uh, I helped him prepare the walls and and do other stuff with him and so that was eye-opening uh, and then I had I had a summer job with a publisher uh, world publishing that I got while I was still in high school uh, 
And uh, so that was really my introduction. But you were asking about college. Um, oh, I after, just, uh, I'm sorry. After college. Yeah, I'm just curious how you got your start. Like, did you, in, like, like you just said, you like interned during college and like, what was your first, like, I guess, quote unquote, big job, your first job? Like paying job, uh, I guess, instead of interning. Yeah. Yeah. My first job was, was at a publishing company. Um, but, um, it didn't, it didn't last very long. And, uh, I was soon looking for work outside of a staff job and, uh, um, well, it was still a staff job that, that I was really my first job, uh, working for a small, uh, um, what would you call it? A promotional art company did, you know, PR work. And from there, you know, you just go from one thing to another and um, get you, you learn more and more with each job. And uh, pretty soon uh, I had, uh, I was working for Butterick Fashion Company, uh, helping them with their promotional products. And uh, I was, but I was also trying to do work on the side, you know, that I would take home at night, freelance work. And I, I did, I, I, I I was getting more and more of that kind of work, just taking my portfolio around. And then in one of those times, taking my my portfolio, I I visited um, uh, this very successful illustrator uh, named Charles White III, who convinced me to to quit my staff jobs and just go out completely on my own uh, as freelance. And he offered me uh, desk space in his studio. So then I was in a real a real art studio and uh, saw how everything worked, and uh, then uh, that was really my big start in doing what I do. Amazing. So, how? Let's just talk about before we before we start looking at some of your work. When you when you get a project, you know you get somebody that wants you to do a project for them. How do you come up with a concept of what you're going to do? That is a question that is not particularly easy to answer okay. because every project that comes in um, poses a different type of challenge. Um, it's, you know, and, and I, I feel like every time a project comes in, I, because of my own personal insecurity, I start to, to think, uh, well, I've, I've been, um, I pulled the wool over everybody's eyes for so long, but but now I've been asked to do this and I, I'm going to fail. Well, everybody, I've always heard everybody is their own worst critic, and you yes. know yeah. I, I'm the same way with a lot of things I do, and you know I, I can totally understand what you're saying there. Yeah, it just amazes. just ama I'm sorry. Go ahead. That just amazes me is what you've accomplished, and you still kind of get that. I mean it. It's just hard for me to fathom, but I'm, then again, I'm not in your shoes. I mean, that that's just gives gives hope for the rest of us that you know gonna have that same thing. See, in your your uh, history of work, it's it's awesome. Well, I I think insecurity really drives uh, is the driving force behind a lot of creativity. Yeah. Uh, never really thinking that I oh I've I've figured out this and I've got the formula and I can do this every time because if you feel that you might as well stop working. Uh, yeah. Well, you're, you're always, you know, like I'm, I'm like you, 
that insecurity keeps your drive going and, and, and keeps you where you're not, you know, the, the first time you get like, Oh, I can do, I, I've got this down pat. Something's going to happen. And uh, I'll tell you this, I'm a, I'm a meat cutter. This is my other job is a meat cutter. And at a, you know, I've been doing it for 15 years now. And they told me from the start, always be afraid of the, the meat. The cutter. blade. <laughs> yeah. Because the day you start getting too comfortable with it, it's the day you're going to cut, you're going to get a cut. And, you know, I was like, okay, whatever. I got it. I got a little, and then I got a little cut across my finger. <laughs> I was going to ask if you've got all your fingers still. I've still got all of them. I've got a little, maybe a little piece right here that did, that didn't come back, but I've still got all my fingers. Thank well, God. we we uh, in in my area my, in graphic design, a lot of us use these really sharp knives, exacto knives, and all of us have, you know, whether it's a mat knife or an exacto knife, we've all cut off the ends of our fingers. Oh yeah, at one wow. point or another. But. Okay, let's say, for instance, you know, you, I'll give you an example of coming up with a concept. Let's just say what we're here to talk about tonight, the rock and roll over cover. What process did you go through to come up with that concept of that album cover? So when I got the call to do that, uh, to see if I was interested in, in doing that, uh, I said, sure. But, I, you know, I really was not, I didn't know anything about KISS. So you were and, not a you know, kiss they, man. Well, well, hold on a second. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um. Okay. Where was I? Uh, okay, I was. I was. Well, I wasn't. I don't know if I wasn't a, a fan, but I just was not aware of the group or what they were about. Right. Right. So, uh, so I was, it was, I was working for an agency called Howard Marks Advertising and Kiss was their client. Uh, and um, so I agreed to the meeting. I went and I met with uh, the members of the group and the Dennis Wallach, who was the, uh, right. the creative director. And uh, I, of course, I'm, I'm interested in doing something that, you know, that's going to be challenging, but uh, I didn't really know what they wanted. And, uh, and so or, or what, what their thing was with the makeup and, and all that, these characters. So, you know, I, I quizzed them all about that while I was there. And I, I just kind of um, decided that the cover was going to be just creating these icons for these or these avatars for each of them uh kind of depicting what they were or the what the characters were about and that was the beginning of how i how i did this um and then the whole idea of uh the name rock and roll over i thought maybe i'll just design this as kind of um a mandala, you know, something that just would, you know, you could right. see it almost animating and turning. Uh, so that's why it really has, you know, like as on you, uh, on the t-shirt, it was, <laughs> it was, um, there really is no top or bottom. Because gotcha. it just, you know, it, it could exist in any, any four of those positions. Um, so that was how, the, where the idea came from. It was really very simplistic idea. 
but I always try to do something uh, that is um, so there different. you see it right there. Yeah. You can, can, oh, you can't uh, click on it and have it pop up bigger? Oh, no, I'm, I'm trying to get back to it right now where I can clip on it. I hadn't shared, I hadn't done much sharing on this, so we'll get back to it. Let's see. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Just, so, a, I, I mean. <laughs> so, my, my question is, did you, did, did you talk to the band members about kind of getting an idea since you aren't really familiar with it, or did management kind of tell you what they wanted no management had no idea what what they wanted uh so i was just there and was asking them about what what they were about um i would love I think, had, I, I think they'd only been around for a year or so at that point yeah uh, yeah uh strangely uh enough they were they had uh i guess gene and paul had a group before that yeah, Wicked Lester. Wicked Lester, which I I had I didn't I hadn't met with them at that point, but I, I forget which record company it was. Uh, but I did I did a logo for Wicked Lester as well. Wow. Before oh, wow. <laughs> but uh, I don't know that it was ever used what I what I had done. Um Wow, that's something new, Stephen. We didn't know that, did we? I did not know that. It, 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 see, uh, Wicked Lester is a, it's still unreleased album to this day. So uh, officially, unreleased. officially unreleased. <laughs> yeah. So there, it's out there. But yeah, I, I mean, that's just an iconic cover there. The the favorite part for me, I'm an Ace Freely guy, so the detail back behind Ace with the you know Saturn. And and the the rays coming out of his eyes, oh that, I was just like wow as a kid. That was my favorite thing right there. And when you do something like this, which is really reduced uh, to the simplest elements, you can do more things like that. Otherwise, you'd have to be like doing some sort of Photoshop retouching and and special effects and so on. But I, I love to do this kind of. Um, uh, very kind of sim simplest, simplistic type of uh, illustration, where the these are become like avatars or icons. Whoops! Tell okay. us. Stevie's ahead, mentioned Stevie's mentioned his love for uh, Ace Frehley. I'm a I'm a Paul and Gene guy. Probably there was a uh, and there, there's been a question I have is that there's been this I guess I don't know what uh, controversy I guess about the teardrop that was supposedly on Paul Stanley's face, <laughs> but that people say that was to like mark so many and others say it was a misprint with the, with the printer. Do you have any, any uh, uh, story on that? That's, that's really just kind of a made up story. I mean, there was like a, a printer. Uh, there, maybe there's some dust got on the plate or something. Okay. There was nothing that was ever, planned and uh, and so you know it's like the beatles paul is dead thing yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah that is a big thing going around in the kiss world about the teardrop and yeah people, it's, it's a it's a big nothing burger people well i'll tell you this when people look for that album cover yeah, album, you get to find an album with the so-called teardrop, teardrop on it yeah. they go cuckoo uh yeah they go <laughs> crazy for that but um just you do a lot of work before we get back to, to that. 
you do just looking through your stuff. I mean, Burger King. I mean, that's the iconic there. TV Guide. But, yeah, TV Guide, Time Magazine. I'm, yes. I mean, I'm just looking. How? Okay, here's one I want. I, I want to talk about right here. Purelator 500. I used to be a big NASCAR fan. And am I not sharing that? Okay, well, hold on a second. Let me get out of this. I got to stop sharing it here. But the Purelator, I, I'm sorry. I, I hadn't shared That's much right. on this thing. I'm still working on this stuff. Let's see. Projects. You can edit this out, right? Yeah, I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> This one right here. I'm a big NASCAR guy. Oh, I used to be until, you know, well, we'll get that's another topic, another show there. Uh, the Pure Later 500 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. How did it come about working for NASCAR? You know, if you look at the date there, 95. Yeah. That's like, what, 20, 28? 28 years, years ago? I, I don't you remember. Know, well, all I can say is that it was probably not working. I was probably not working directly with NASCAR. I was it was probably just a, an advertising agency that was working on a, a promotion for for that. And but I, you know, I mean, I like the piece, but I, I just honestly, it's a lot of years, and I, right. I can't really remember some you. of the specifics. And this was one of those jobs that just kind of came and went. There were, you know, you know, with Kiss, there was been so much activity over the years and, and with certain other jobs that like it always keeps it what happened fresh in my mind but that was sorry <laughs> oh no that's fine no, you're fine uh, now you've done a lot of work with with disney and yes. we're gonna put this up here right now wreck it ralph just a iconic movie my daughter you know i I liked it because it it was a uh, it was a throwback to my age of video games as a kid. It had a lot of that in there. But Wreck It Ralph, you know, talk a little bit about your work with Disney. My work with Disney. Okay, uh, so there was there's uh, at that time uh, there was a, an art director or creative director there who was. Um, was had been there for quite a while and uh he had always wanted to work with me and finally somehow uh another friend of mine was in town that knew him and they were having drinks and and uh they called and asked me to come by and so i met this guy from disney and since he's become my friend uh uh but his position with disney was that disney has a ton of money why not work with uh, in his opinion, the, the best people in the business. Um, and so uh, I, I'm, I'm trying not to be too egotistical here by saying that. But, no, go ahead. But, uh, so he started working with me, and Wreck-It Ralph was the very first piece that we worked on together. And uh, everything just seemed to click. It was maybe it was the right moment to be doing that kind of stuff with Disney. Um, uh, I don't know, but everything seemed to click on that particular job. And even though I was really trying to do, to, to move, to move things forward with the, the idea of title treatments, you know, like, like this one, Maleficent. Um, 
and I was trying to do something different. And for some reason, uh, they they just bought it. And it, it was, you know, I think for them, it was something that was um, quite different from what they were used to doing. But but uh, uh, John, he's the, the guy I was working with, John Sable. Right. He was he was able to sell it to them and they went with it and it was very successful. Um, yeah, Wreck, Wreck It Ralph is definitely one of my favorites up here. And you also did some work on, which is not up here. You can check it out on his Instagram page. Uh, Wreck It Ralph was another one. Uh, to see Coco up here and you know Warden talking about this a little earlier this logo right here the 1987 World Series which has been uh, it's been was actually used from 87 to 91 <clears throat> that you designed there with his Cardinals losing to the Twins there but uh, <laughs> I mean and then this the, yeah. the, this is a iconic logo in in sports right here. The New York Knicks logo. Talk a little bit about how you got involved with the New York Knicks. Well, that was um, I think that was probably no, that was after the uh, the Major League Baseball, the World Series thing. Right. Um, uh, so the this was for the. Uh, it was for the N NBA, not for the specifically for the Knicks. It was a, the NBA that I worked with, and their uh, art director had called me in. At that time, they really wanted to uh, update all their logos for the, all the teams, and uh, the reason they wanted to do that was for merchandising. Right. They they wanted to have saleable logos they could put on caps and t-shirts and and sweatshirts and uh towels and uh mugs you name it you know they they were want, they wanted to sell all that stuff and so they saw what i was doing as a lot more saleable than uh, what the those existing logos that they had at that time um and so we started the process for this and at first, the, the, the big stipulation was that they wanted to have the, uh, the Empire State Building somehow worked into the logo. And I, I've done different postings on this, showing all my, my sketches. In fact, I think if you, if you click on, if you go down to the bottom of that image and click on, no, 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 go back to, uh, yeah, click on that. Okay. And now click on where it says more. Uh, yeah. Okay. So then, so then I posted nice. things wow. here where I went went through different the iterations of this particular logo. Although I I did quite a few other um, versions uh, that didn't make it. That's uh, that, that now that's pretty cool right there. That's awesome. Yeah. There's a black and white version. Oh wow, there's, that, that there's is the, that is that is cool. I do like that one. That's the token logo right. that they they ended up using for different things. I'm not uh, a Nick fan, but I like that. Yeah, just, I didn't know you could click more. So that's pretty cool though. Yeah. So after Kiss, after the Rock and Roll over, did any other? I mean, did you start doing work for any other bands? I see one up here. This one right up no. here. That was around the same time as I did Rock and Roll Over. Right. 
uh, for that group stars and uh weren't they on Casablanca too Stevie yeah they were they were I think they yeah they were both clients of uh, the yeah, agency Howard I was Morris. working for yeah okay that's what I thought so did any other bands I mean did you do any other covers after that did you start getting a lot of calls after that uh no and that's why I I really didn't think too much about about this uh the rock and roll over and and all that until years later when I started getting, you know, fan mail. And uh, I remember one time uh, this group of Japanese guys uh, descended upon me in my studio in New York. And, and, uh, and I was like, really? I mean, I thought this, this, this cover was like years ago and that was that. But uh, I didn't really realize that it had a life of its own. And apparently, still does. It it definitely does. It's my if if you look at my Facebook page, the uh, yep. the profile picture is the album cover for my Facebook page. So, yeah, it's <laughs> and I carry it with me every day yeah, on my phone. It's a, it's a it's an iconic piece of history. I'll put it that way, and uh, has been very important over the years to a lot of Kiss fans. And you did an incredible job with that. But we're not going. One more question about rock and roll over. This will be the last sure. one, I promise. Now, the, the final one wasn't the original one, correct? Because the original one, from what I've been heard, is original was a little bit different, and they wanted well, some changes right. to it, especially yeah. Paul, right? Yeah. What what that was was um, to I didn't work on computer at that point. Now I'm wondering I'm wondering if if you go down to the bottom of that okay. one. If if you can click on more, hold on a second. I I can't remember if I. I think it does it. have it up there. Keep going. Yeah, there okay, you go. That's so, it. Yeah, so that's. So at this point, I um. You know, I, until 1995, I was not working on the computer. 95 was when I made the transition. So, in order to show them what I wanted to do, I had to create, this was a um, like a, a comp or a, like a, a very finished sketch done with colored pencils. And I needed to do this in order to sell them on the idea that I wanted to do. So we had the second meeting when I, I brought this in and showed it to them. And then, uh, for example, Gene, uh, I guess he felt that his image was maybe too much like the Joker. So, you know, and, and Paul wanted his, maybe his lips to be a little more realistic and his hair a little different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, I think the other two uh, at the bottom there were pretty, there was no comments really. I didn't have to change anything there. Right. So th those were the only real changes that I had to make. And those are reflected when you look at the finish and you see, compare the two yeah definitely yeah, see that. paul's you can definitely tell with gene and then paul's hair is a lot different. yeah yeah i'm sure he had something to say about that can't you imagine yeah. that word? <laughs> well yeah well, he, had, he had some big hair back then so he had to get yeah his <laughs> well that's that's that was all fine you know uh i i, I consider myself uh very lucky that I'm able to do the things I do. And uh, people are a little bit reluctant to criticize it because this area of where I concentrate 
uh, more on letter forms, although in this one it seems to be much more, uh, the, the illustration seems to be quite strong in this one. The, uh, they don't know how to critique letter forms because it's, it's uh, what, okay. I'm, what I've been doing was something that really nobody had done for, for quite a long time. So it was a different thing for them. Uh, so I, I, I've been quite lucky in that respect. So and even the, I, I don't have to make uh, changes to a lot of the things that I've worked on if, if if they're accepted. So even back then, Gina and Paul were running the show, and Ace and Peter were kind of just you know, looks good. Yeah. Stuff. Gina and Paul would give you know they'd always have their opinions. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we that's what we know about them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, it was, I, I I had no problem working with them. Uh, they were pretty easy. Even into the that second um, cover that I did for them, that was mostly just working with uh, Paul. Really? Oh, Sonic Boom, yeah, Sonic Boom yeah. was, and, and you pretty much, and I'll I'll bring that up in just a second. So, Sonic Boom, you know, when I as soon as I saw this, I was like, you know, this is this, I mean, this reminds me of uh, Rock and Roll Over. Uh, that was the I mean, intention. They they that they wanted that, or okay. Paul wanted that because they they kind of saw this um, cover as being a kind of like a continuation of Rock and Roll Over. And the way I did it was more or less turning Rock and Roll Over inside out. So where the the faces were in the center oh, yeah. in that one, uh, I moved them out to the to the outside. And uh, they were much more insistent on this one to have their faces be photographic. Okay. <coughs> those, those, um, those, those images started out as photos. And I just kind of like did my thing with them. Uh, in fact, I couldn't even tell you how I did them because they were, uh, th those faces were, uh, it was like a, a long process to reduce them into the, these, just these very basic sh shapes and colors. Yeah. Were you surprised to hear from them when they call when they contact you about doing this album cover? Yeah. Yeah. I was quite surprised. I mean, I first got a call from somebody uh, in the States uh, who was working with them asking uh, if I would uh, take a call from, uh, from Paul. They were on tour somewhere in South America at the time. And he, he called me from there. And uh, then we, just, you know, we set up a time, and he then he came by the studio uh, a couple of weeks later, and we started the process of this. Morton, very cool. Yeah, um, the uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but you've had uh, there's a band called Anthrax. They're big Kiss fans, and they did a live album a few years ago from Scotland, and they and they paid tribute to your artwork from Rock and Roll. Over. I don't I know if you're aware of that. No. No. Yeah. I'm sure they had to get, you know, Uncle Gene's, you know, permission for that. Oh, yeah. It was a nod to the, the great job you did. Well, what was it that they did? Uh, I mean, it was you, a live you can, album. You, you can edit this out, but. Uh, it was a live album just, called uh, Kings Among Scotland. And it hold on. Tribute. I'm it was bring like, it up so you can see it. It was like their likeness in the rock and roll over. And when I saw the album, I, I didn't heard about it. I saw it and I, right now I thought about rock and roll over. 
So they they kind of did a take on the cover for the for yes. their cover. Yeah, is that what I'm it was? Ready, I'm getting ready to show it to you right now. <laughs> there have been like so many uh, oh, takeoffs yeah. on that cover. There it is. Oh yeah, I think I, I've seen that. Yeah, I knew about it. Um, and there but, and there's one that always comes out on St. Patrick's Day where it's like the rock and roll over, but it's all leprechauns looking too. So. <laughs> Yeah. You, you have uh, definitely created with especially with kiss fans a piece of, of history there i don't know if you're aware of how important it is to a lot of people i know when i contacted you you were probably like oh, why do i want to talk about this kiss rock and roll <laughs> over cover? Uh, but yeah definitely definitely a a true piece of history for us kiss fans as well there, there are i must have like more than a dozen uh reproductions of things like like this uh where they they uh, took did a takeoff on uh rock and roll over and then i also you know people from time to time send me pictures of their tattoos they'll tattoo this oh, on yeah uh, every, everywhere you can imagine uh so there's there's it's it's quite something that uh you know it's probably mm -hmm. one of the only jobs that that uh has taken off like that for me it's just pretty amazing did you ever think in a million years that what year did this come out of 77 77 that uh almost 50 years later you'd be talking to two kiss fans about a freaking kiss album cover because <laughs> <laughs> it you know you got you got a, a kind of a uh i guess a kinship with Kiss album cover designs. Of course, we lost Ken Kelly, who did the epic Destroyer cover, then Victor Staben, and then you. I mean, you do it. They they had those, especially in the seventies, up until Unmasked, they had creatures. They had the great album covers, and then after that, they kind of mm -hmm. kind of went away from it. But yeah, those album covers as a kid, especially as a kid, like I said, that rock and roll over cover. I mean, I I, I traced that. I don't know how many times just trying to get that down pat. But I, I've heard that story uh, a number of times from different people. Um, the, probably the one that I, I, uh, I go back to the most is uh, uh, who this guy named Mike Essel, who ended up being the, uh, the dean of the School of Art at Cooper Union, where, which is my alma mater. Uh, he wasn't there at the time, but, but he tells the story about very similar to, to yours, how that was the thing that yeah. got him into being in going into art, into into graphics. Fortunately, uh, his worked out a little bit better than I did. I didn't have I had a shaky <laughs> hand, I guess, because I mine didn't look as good, but uh just just incredible. What so, is go ahead, Ward. I'm sorry. So I mean, talking of artists and stuff like that, you and Paul ever talk about he's got into art lately, and I think Gene's even doing it. Uh He's well, had like showings with art and stuff like a, that. Paul's, Paul's right. doing a lot of paintings now. Yeah, painting like art. Uh, I didn't know well, if that was something y'all talked about. No, not really. No, I mean, he's, I, I don't, I wouldn't call him a friend that I can have those kind of conversations with. Right, I got you. I mean, we only, we had communication when I was working uh, for them on the, uh, you know, on these things, but uh you know, Your he's not interested stuff. in me. <laughs> <laughs> so what what do you got going on now? What's going on in, in Michael Dorette's world? 
Well, I'm working on a book oh, wow. um, of my of my work, uh, which has kind of been in the works for for a couple of years now, uh, supposedly to come out at the uh, either the end of this year, or beginning of next year. So I'm very excited about that. I, I just did a uh, a book cover for um, James Hetfield. Do you know who? Oh, he Alica. Is? Yes. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. Yes. Very. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That, that's at the upper. If you look at that uh, editorial page on my website, it's at the upper right corner. How did I miss upper right corner? How did you? Oh miss wow! That? How did I miss that? Hold on. How did you miss that, Stevie? I do not know. <laughs> Hold on. We're gonna. I, I, I didn't even look at his. Uh, let me see. No, that's not the one. Yeah, there we go. Right there. Wow. Guitars yeah. of James Hetfield. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a book about his guitar collection. I guess he has hundreds of guitars. Oh yeah. And uh, awesome. that is awesome. I did not see. Yeah. The, yeah. So I was, I was pretty happy with the way that one turned out. How did, did you have much one-on-one -on -one work with him or discussions with him about this? I never actually spoke to him. Okay. <laughs> Everything was through uh, his intermediaries. So, so I would do a sketch, send it over, and then it would finally make its way to him. And then I'd get like secondhand comments. It was a very difficult <laughs> process. Oh, wow. Um, here's one thing too, I wanted to talk to you about this, this magazine right here. Oh, bananas. Do you remember bananas warden? Yeah. That we like hot dog that and all school. those kind of magazines. Yeah. We used to get that at school all the time. Oh yeah. That, I mean, cause you, and look, you've got a big piece of, of my history as a kid that you, you did Mr. Dorrett. Cause, uh, th this is some great stuff here. Oh, yeah. I love this. Um, yeah, that was a fold-out uh, calendar, and I just some for some reason I had the silly idea that to make a clock a, a clock slash calendar, uh, <laughs> and it, what you're not seeing there is the hands from the clock, which you 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 know you would cut out and put on there, and then you right yeah point point one to the month and one to the week. It was just a silly idea, but I, I just uh, wanted to make good. something great cool. looking. I should mention you were asking before about um, other record covers uh, and other uh, musical acts. If you, um, let's see, uh, what this is editorial. Right. Uh, I've got all the, I've oh, got oh, projects oh, and logos. Oh, go, go to uh, projects, and I wanted to point out the. Um, Simon and Garfunkel uh, poster that I worked on for their uh, concert in Central Park. Okay, hold on. I'm going to share it so you can, we can uh, bring it I up. I think it's in the upper upper corner or near the top. All right, hold on. Is it under projects? I think it's, I think it's projects. Okay. Uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to check it out. Go, go. There it is. Right. Right under Dracula. I see it right there. There you go. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that you was. For just the... done, I mean, you've done some some fantastic stuff, Miss Dorrit. A lot of people, you know, I'm so glad 
that I mean, I decided to get in contact with you because I never would have known that the guy that did rock and roll over did all this stuff. Yeah, it's incredible. It surprises me sometimes too. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I'm gonna have to go back and look at all this stuff and do the more thing because that was just looking at it. Uh, yeah, he's got the T-shirt on. Oh wow! <laughs> wow. I if if you guys want to check all this stuff out and and uh, check it out at michaeldorette.com. Uh, and I'm looking at what what's the I have to ask you this because I was wondering Alphabet City. What is the what is the deal with Alphabet City? I see that a lot up here. Uh, well, Alphabet City is just the name I, I took to just be, you know, kind of over the whole thing. And, and that's okay. going to be the n- name of my book. That's the name of the book? Uh, it, the name of the book is actually Growing Up in Alphabet City. Okay. Uh, that's because I, I lived in uh, this, uh, in, in New York on the Lower East Side, um, just uh, w- a walking distance from school when I was living living there to go to Cooper Union. That neighborhood is called Alphabet City, and uh, so I just decided to take that and use it to as my my thing because it was where where everything that I'm doing kind of coalesced while I was you know while I was going to school. I question for you. I mean, and you hear this with musicians all the time talking about albums, like, which is your favorite? I won't ask you that, but is there one piece that stands out to you above everything else or they're all your children and you love them all? Um, well, definitely uh, the Knicks, I would say the Knicks logo. Right. I don't know that I would put, the kiss covers in there. Um, uh, hmm. At the time that I do things, I, 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 I do get a feeling for which things I, I are really going to have a, a long life. And, and to be honest, I didn't think rock and roll over was that great of a piece when I, when I did it. Wow. But, but, you know, as an artist, you don't really have perspective. It's like, yeah. it's like you have, you have a child and then the child goes on and maybe is successful or maybe is a, becomes a, a hobo who knows. And so they're all <laughs> your children. Yeah. 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 So, but, but I, you know, I would say if you were asking me, which are my favorite pieces, I would say uh, some of the time covers. Okay. Uh, the Knicks logo, uh, maybe a few more. It's it's really hard to say. You know, it's like asking what's your favorite color. Exactly. You know. Wow. Um, I like it. Uh, that that if you just passed it, the Graphic Artist Guild logo. If you go oh, back no. down, that was right some yeah. That was something that I did early on, uh, and which has uh had had very like like the nicks logo has had a very long life a lot of times you do logo for things and uh you know after a couple of years the whoever it is decides to change it or to update it or whatever but uh, but this one they've been quite happy with for wow, that's pretty for awesome. a while uh I don't know how you do it. You more power to you. You you got a great great knack for it. You and of course you've done it all these years, um, but we're not going to take up any more of your time. But we we do want to give you a little another plug there. The book, when the book comes out, 
we want to push it up here. So keep us posted. We'll we'll be checking out the uh, the website at michaeldorat.com. I'm sure you'll have it up there for sale. Uh, I will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll we will be definitely be keeping everybody in uh, in touch and letting them know what you got going on. But yeah, thank you so much for for You're taking welcome. time out of your schedule. You. It, it's been an honor. I know you don't feel like it, but it has been an honor. For, for me to be able to talk to you because it's like I said, it's such a, I mean, I, Same here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it's such a great piece of, of piece of my life as a kid yes. that you, that you did. And uh, thank you so much for doing that. And, and all the work you did. Thank you so much for doing that. We really appreciate well, it. Yeah. You're welcome. And this, this was actually a pleasure to do. And, and it was a pleasure meeting the two of you. And you're 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 so That's gracious and you're and you're so nice about everything. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, and we thank you for your time. We thank we cannot thank you enough. All right, guys. That is Mr. Michael Dorette, designer of the iconic rock and roll overcover. And we will see you next time on the fly.